0: He's really just an a a grifter. You know, these are the real grifters here. The these folks, all right. So let's listen to this. Well, what we're watching is the destruction of the U.S. military. What we're gonna um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the destruction of the U.S. military. What we're gonna end up seeing. I can't hear it. Can y'all hear it? Well, what we're watching is the destruction um, of the U.S. military. What we're going to end up seeing Tucker is hear. thousands, tens of thousands, yeah, maybe hundreds roses, of thousands I mean, that's, of that's Americans die. That's those um, are the... something's going on here. Stakes oh, of the game really we're playing here. We I don't need a military that's it. woman friendly. We don't need a military that's gay friendly with all due respect to the Air Force. We need a military that's flat out okay, hostile. You we yeah. need a military full of type A men who want to sit on a throne of Chinese skulls. But we don't we don't have that now. We we can't even get women off of naval vessels. That should be step one. But most of them are already pregnant anyway. So unfortunately, I couldn't hear it, which will pose a problem. Uh everyone could hear it. That's great. But I couldn't hear it. So that poses a problem. Hold on. It might be because my volume is off. Hold on one second. All right. So that could have been the issue. My volume might have been off. Well, what we're watching is... Yeah, my volume was off. All right. You all could hear it. That's great. My volume needed to be off anyway because there would have been an echo. But you heard what the man said. You heard what Jesse Kelly said. He literally said that the military... And this is all about this... This is the... This is really a confluence, right? I am no champion of identity politics. I have been the most consistent. Just look at my articles over the last, I don't know, eight years. I've written hundreds of them. There are a good number of them, including in my book in 2019 that I co authored. We literally have two chapters about the politics of diversity and inclusion and how they serve the ruling class, how they serve the neoliberal wing of the ruling class, how they champion. The representation and the access of a small section of, let's say, uh, black politicians, uh, corporate board room representatives, uh, city councilors, whoever it may be, people in leadership, entertainers, celebrities. It really is about building kind of like a neo-colonial situation where uh, black people, people of color, And then we can go into the women's movement, the LGBT movement, where they can have access and be able to manage the empire more effectively. And that's what we had under Barack Obama, a more effective evil, right? He was able to do things that George W. Bush was not able to do. And really, Obama's two terms created such a political nightmare for the left. It created this... Extremely easy target for the right. And what did we get from that? We got Donald Trump. So I have been an incredibly consistent critic of identity politics, what we call the politics of inclusion, uh, Roberto and I. And, you know, it is a weapon of liberalism. But people like Jesse Kelly and Tucker Carlson, they're not criticizing woke politics from the left. They're not talking about how it negates a a politics of class or a revolutionary approach to white supremacy. No, they're actually just forwarding white supremacy and empire and war. And to say that we need type A men who want to sit on a throne of Chinese skulls. Imagine what it's like to be a Chinese person in the United States right now. Imagine what it's like to be a Chinese person in China right now, and hearing this, understanding that this is what's being said, I have WeChat, guys. We It's going all over the place. You think that China is some authoritarian anti-free speech country? Everybody in China knows that this was said on the most popular corporate media news show. What kind of message do you think that sends to them? It sends the message that there's a large section of the population that will listen to this and will agree with this. And thus, there is a necessity to prepare for war, which is what's been happening, right? The United States has actually been escalating militarily, has actually been preparing to uh, potentially get into a violent confrontation with China. And the Chinese people understand that. And that's why the Chinese government has been so popular of late, because not only is it meeting their needs, but it's also defending the territorial and national sovereignty of the Chinese nation and of China proper. So this is, I think, just one example of how absolutely disgusting, and I'll stop sharing this uh, for now before we get into, because I do want to get into the Trevor Noah piece. And then I'm going to share some materials, my article, and uh, one by Deborah Brottengham, who wrote, a great article in 2015, really just, I mean, this is old shit, right? This is old stuff. All of these propaganda points have been debunked. But when you have someone saying, right, and this is a former, I believe he was former Marine Corps. This is someone who prides himself as being a champion of the military state, this Jesse Kelly figure. He is just, you know, another neocon talking head, And Tucker Carlson just nods along, right? This is someone who has been praised for his stance on Syria, for his stance on Assange, for his stance on Venezuela at times, allowing independent left journalists to come on his program and talk about their politics, their story, what they've been covering, what they've seen. And certainly I'm not negating any of that. But why is it so different with China? Why isn't there... People talking about standing up to it. Why isn't he inviting? He's not invited one person, Tucker Carlson, that challenges the narrative on China. No one talks about it. Russia, sure. Russia with Russia Gate, of course, because that makes the Democrats look bad. The same thing, you know, goes with Syria because Syria is considered Obama's war in a lot of ways. And guess what? That's not untrue. That war really did jump off in 2011. The Obama administration was a key and central force in creating such devastation in Syria and the region that now we have the largest refugee crisis in human history since chattel slavery. But there are numbers, and Glenn Ford, the late Glenn Ford, rest in power to him. He wrote an article, I believe it was in 2016, about how Turkey was helping to facilitate this and that by sheer numbers, it even really jumps ab- ahead and above uh, the transatlantic slave trade, the movement of people that's happening because of the U.S.'s and its allies, destructive policy in Syria. So, okay, great. Tucker Carlson covered that decently somewhat, right? Some has had some journalists on there that I respect, certainly like uh, Aaron Maté uh, or You know, Max Blumenthal and others have been on there to talk about things. Anya Permpu, who I, who I, you know, respect so much, to talk about Venezuela. Again, not negating that, but where are the voices on China? That's, I mean, that's that's partly why I speak. That's why that's why I do what I do, and that's why now I'm being labeled like the China person because no one else is talking about it. No one. It's almost as if people are scared, and I'm not going to say that I know this. But it's not a popular thing to say, hey, I'm opposed to this propaganda against China. I'm opposed to the new Cold War. And I'm also a little curious, just like so many people on the left are so willing to embrace uh, politics of solidarity around Venezuela, around Cuba, and rightfully so, but around their social systems and how those socialist systems meet people's needs, but not a lot of curiosity about China, to be honest, Right. I posted on Twitter about the zero COVID policy in China. You can go on any Chinese media and they'll explain how, of course, it's not a zero infection. You can't prevent infection entirely uh, with COVID. That's impossible. But it is all about protecting human life. And so all of the measures, all of the mass testing, all of the targeted isolation of villages, of townships, sometimes of entire cities when there is a particularly uh, virulent outbreak. Well, that's worked. It's protected human life, but nobody wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about mandates, vaccines, but no one wants to talk about what China's doing, a country of 1.4 billion people, literally a quarter of the planet. Doesn't really matter, right? And that, I'm going to say it, that is Orientalism. That is the power of anti-China propaganda. That is the power of people like Jesse Kelly being able to say that the military should be ready to sit on a throne on top of Chinese skulls. That's the power of it, right? Because no one's saying that about Syria, Venezuela, Russia. That stuff is fair game. So I, I do, I do call, I do really set out a challenge to my comrades, to my colleagues, to all of those on the left to speak out against something like this. Because this is dangerous rhetoric. It doesn't matter who says it. Jesse Kelly, I don't give a crap about who that, that pathetic ultra-right, smear artists, racist, white supremacists. The only people who listen to him are the choir. But again, we're talking about the most popular news show in the country, which people across the political spectrum supposedly respect. So if you respect this, if you say, okay, I respect this platform, I respect that he's platform people. If you have a relationship with him, please speak out. I don't have a relationship with Tucker Carlson. I don't. And and so, you know, I just wanted to get that out there because it was really infuriating because I've seen this over and over and over again. Tucker Carlson, it's not the first time he's had garbage about China, right? He's been peddling this new Cold War as furiously as the entire corporate media apparatus, the bipartisan consensus around this issue is just so dangerous. And now we have the Joe Biden administration just Going along with this, Uh, we have the Joe Biden administration with this whole diplomatic boycott, the summit for democracy, new sanctions with the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And those of us, and this is my take on the Associated Press article about Xinjiang and how I did a whole live stream on it. Uh, This was not too long ago. This was, I think, during the early fall. There's this article that said, okay, well, Xinjiang is not really genocide. We can't call it that. It was still a pretty poor article, a really anti-China article. It didn't get into the progress that's been made in the region or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, this isn't genocide, but it's really bad there. And it used the same sources to kind of justify the same BS. But people thought, okay, this is rolling back, right? The corporate media is rolling back on this narrative. That's great because we've done so much work on it turns out that I believe that was an operation to prime us, to, to get us to relax and say, okay, the corporate media isn't on that same thing anymore. It's not, it's not there anymore. It's taking a back seat. Maybe something else is up the sleeve of the military industrial complex. No, it's the same agenda. It continues to push forward. And with the political situation so desperate, with the Biden administration's legitimacy literally hanging threadbare, Right. We have Kamala Harris risking single digit approval ratings. Joe Biden risking potentially going under 20 percent as the pandemic continues to rage on as uh, the economic situation continues to be be really, really, really difficult for so many people. Right. We're we're coming to a midterm election where Joe Biden literally said to students, millions of students who tend to vote Democrat. Hey, I don't care about your student loans. I don't care about your student debt. Go pay it off. Happy holidays, right? After, you know, it's January 31st or or whatnot. Go continue to pay your student loans, right? All trillion, you know, 1.4, 1.7 trillion dollars worth. Do it, right? That really does necessitate. This crisis of legitimacy will necessitate the scapegoat. It will accelerate the military industrial complex and the intelligence and The entire war apparatus is just emboldened desire to go after China, right, And and to escalate this new Cold War. When things are going bad at home, you better believe that Joe Biden's second half of his first term will be even more aggressive militarily than the first term with the way things are going domestically. Joe Biden will sign off on literally everything that the Pentagon, that the State Department, that the intelligence apparatus, that they all put in front of his face. He will sign off on it. And I don't think people get that. And that's what really is frustrating to me. Is I don't think people get that. I don't think people in the movement get that. I don't think the media gets it. I don't think they get how dire the situation is. And how literally every problem that anybody cares about, whether it's capitalism, whether it's climate change, and and capitalism is hugely related to that, whether it's militarism, China is at the center of all of these things. It just so happens that China is actually moving in a direction in terms of its own trajectory that is highly favorable to us. But we can't get that through our heads if we're not even willing to speak out about Tucker Carlson. We're not effective in that way we won't be. But I'll keep speaking against the void. If you support me, it's the holidays. Look, I've had actually a really rough time over the last month. I've had a hard time even getting motivated to do things like this. I've been writing a lot. You've probably noticed that if you've been following my work, because that's what I can focus on most when my mental health is not in the best place. Uh, But this just got me so angry that I had to come on. And luckily, I have a new dog and my wife is out with him. And so I have a little bit more space and time to do this. But I had to react because uh, when I hear things like this, sitting on a throne atop Chinese skulls like that, just as someone too, Asian-American, Vietnamese who got called chink all of his life, essentially, I have a special solidarity with the Chinese people. I do because that slur that the racism that's hurled at that the Chinese people, that's relevant to me, It always has been. And guess what? The history of China is totally bound to the history of the United States, given that the U.S. participated in the opium wars and literally super exploited Chinese laborers here to build what little infrastructure the United States has ever had, along with African slaves, along with clearing away indigenous people. Chinese laborers were right there, being racially targeted, lynched in a lot of cases, super exploited, so that railroad corporations, these huge... Titans of industry could get super rich by building what modicum of infrastructure the U.S. ever had. Now that infrastructure is crumbling and the system is on the decline. But nevertheless, the Chinese people, have, you know, should be thanked for that. Y'all wouldn't be able to get anywhere. <laughs> wouldn't even be able to put freight on anything with the, the Chinese people. And so, uh, you know, it just disgusts me that there's there's no opposition to this. But if you do support my work, of course, subscribe at patreon.com slash Danny Haifong. I really do need it. I am uh, really trying to do this full time. I'm still working part time just because, uh, as you know, it's all over the news, the inflation. But really, it's just the costs are so high. They're prohibitive. The wages are so low. They don't talk about it like that. They talk about it as inflation, right? All this money being pumped into the economy, but nothing is really being uh, produced uh, nothing's really, you know. So they talk about in these very economistic terms, but the reality of the situation is, is that we have a permanent underconsumption crisis. Which, after the pandemic and all the shutdowns and all of that, now you have capitalists rabid at the mouth to get everything that they wanted back. And the government, the capitalist government of the United States, is literally subsidizing these corporations. So how does that not lead to higher prices? Of course, it's going to lead to higher prices. No one can buy anything. Everybody's poor. And you have literally these corporations, their profits are being subsidized by the capitalist government. So yeah, support my work at patreon.com slash If you prefer annual subscriptions, Substack, you can find that in the description and you can support my work in that way.